When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code GLOW. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada land. We need you to... And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com join. And thank you. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. Last week, we gave you the oral history, the definitive oral history of Nardwar. The human serviette, Canadian champion, and global superstar. It was received enthusiastically, widely so, uh, but there, were, there was feedback. Uh, there were questions. There were a couple of questions. Who's Nardwar? There were a couple of other questions. God, why Nardwar? And then there was the question we received most of all, which was, where's Nardwar? How are you going to do a whole episode about Nardwar without Nardwar? Well, it's because we were saving it for you. And that's what we have today. Our feature interview with Nardwar, the human serviette, not connected by me, but by our managing editor, Kevin Sexton. Kevin, over to you. I had no idea what to expect when Nardwar, the human serviette, agreed to an interview with me. He's a man with a really strong mythology built up around him, this over-the-top public image, an interview style that hasn't changed in decades, and who reveals almost nothing about himself in his own interviews, despite making a career out of digging up little-known facts about some of the biggest stars in the world. And he rarely gets on the other end of a microphone. 
The first time I reached out, he politely declined, just like he has to some of my colleagues over the years. He was very gracious. He said he listens to Canada Land every week, but he's too busy with his own interviews to do it. So I said, okay, but just so you know, we're doing an episode about you anyway. Again, he thanked me. He kindly offered to provide any clips I needed. And I figured that was that. Then about an hour later, another email came. Actually, he said, those clips would need some context. He was busy, but he could spare some time to walk me through them. So he set a time to get on Skype. I was worried he might steamroll me. I thought maybe he'd give me 20 minutes and then take off. I thought maybe he would stick to the letter of his promise, give me some facts and context surrounding the clips, and nothing more. But what happened was nothing like that. I had a lot of questions for Nardwar, but one thing I really wanted to do was to turn the tables on him, to throw something his way that would take him off guard, the way he does in almost every interview he conducts. So I started the interview by playing him the theme music from his mom's old cable access TV show, Our Pioneers and Neighbors. Unfortunately, we had some technical troubles, and what he heard in the other end was just noise. Here's how he reacted. Unfortunately, it was completely distorted, but it made me think of Jesse Locke. Simply Saucer, the nihilist Spasmbad, your friend, Jesse Long. Yes, Nardwar had done his research. I came to Nardwar Nardwar, he came to Nardwar me. Wait for it. This episode is brought to you by Jason Narek, Daniel Gerichter, Cam LaForest, Laura Casciola, Chris Butcher, Lauren Logan, Philip Underwood, and Sharice. Uh, my name is Sharice. I live in Burnaby, British Columbia, and work in the film industry in Vancouver. I support Canada Land because when I lived abroad, it gave me a much-needed connection to home and kept me up to date with what was going on in Canada and still does that for me to this day. I love how transparent they are, and they always tackle really interesting stories that nobody else seems to be touching. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. We hear a lot about the opioid crisis. We talk a lot about the mental health crisis. These are serious problems. These problems affect us all. They've affected my life and my community. They're not intractable problems. I don't know what's going to solve them on a policy level, but day-to-day helping people, that's what CAMH does. They do it on the ground when people need help, and they do it through research. The team at CAMH gave our team a tour of their facilities, and we were really just blown away by the incredible, heroic work that they're doing every day. They treat everyone with dignity, and their research is seeking and finding real solutions for everyone around the world. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash canadaland to help CAMH treat addiction, and build hope. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, It's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody Half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does Help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. You know what? Maybe you didn't hear it quite right, but um, that was from a show called Neighbors. This show is actually our pioneers and neighbors. Okay. Not specifically the show Neighbors, but Mott was my mom, and she inspired me to talk to people. She loved history. If my mom could do it, I could do it. But I was really blown away by that she could make these people, her neighbors, the people that were neighbors in a neighborhood, interesting. She installed me the belief that everybody has a story. 
Everybody. Mm -hmm. And my first record that I put out on Nardwarda Human Serviette Records was called, Oh God, My Mom's on Channel 10. Because I would go to high school and kids would say, I saw your mom on TV. She had a show called Neighbors. And I was like, Oh God, my mom's on Channel 10. <laughs> and that's why I made the record, Oh God, my mom's on Channel 10. Later I found out that's kind of cool. Like people recognize your mom. But at that time I was like, Oh God, my mom's on Channel 10. So every time I saw her on TV, I knew I'd get teased at school. When we get into your first your first interview that you did, uh, can you tell me about the interview with Poisoned? That was again at high school. I was president of the student council, and I was in charge of organizing dances. And I know nothing about music. I still don't know nothing about music. <laughs> but the people that voted for me for the high school student council, I would consult and they said, why don't we get the band, the young Canadians to play a dance? You love the young Canadians, don't you, Kevin? You I love, love the young, young Canadians. Canadians. Yes. And you love the modern nets too. The modern nets. What did they, did they do? Barbara? Is that the modern nets? Exactly. So by the time I got to high school, the young Canadians had been broken up. Now, the reason that people at my high school wanted the young Canadians was because the young Canadians thanked my high school, Hillside Secondary School, in the liner notes to their record. Unfortunately, the young Canadians had broken up, so I got the band poisoned. And that made me want to do an interview with Art Bergman to find out why he thanked my high school. Why did he thank Hillside High School in the liner notes to the Young Canadians record. And when I finally found out, he said, because we thanked everybody. But that was the impetus for my first interview ever. And people can actually see that on YouTube. And thank you, Kevin, for going back. You are going into the crates. It's all in tribute to you, Nardwar. You go deep, so I, I can't just show up unprepared. Well, I appreciate that a guy like you, Kevin, that likes Benjamin Booker... <laughs> would go that far into a Nardwar vault. You love the Booker, don't you? you I love Booker. I think he is one of the best musicians of the last decade, and I don't think he is uh, sufficiently appreciated for that. And what's really interesting is Benjamin Booker actually wanted to be my intern. What? He told me this when I interviewed him. You were working to be a journalist? It's true. I even uh, sent you an email forever ago trying to get an internship. And you said that uh, there's n really nobody doing the show. It's true. There's only there's three people here. Yeah. <laughs> if I said yes, he might not have become Benjamin Booker and your favorite artist, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. I guess not. And when I finally did an interview with Benjamin Booker, uh -huh. I gave him a Jackie Shane 45. Oh, nice. Legendary Toronto singer. <laughs> You've been to my Twitter account. We love the Shane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Where did the gifts thing start? Who what was the first gift you gave? In early days, I would oftentimes give people lucky chestnuts because I always carried around lucky chestnut. Mm -hmm. But people like Jello Biafra, who I gave it to, would say, "Oh my God, you were giving me a chocolate-covered tumor." This looks like a chocolate-covered uh, tumor. <laughs> But generally, the idea behind giving gifts or, or records, etc., is a lot of times at CITR Radio, people would come in for interviews, and I would pull out a record from the record library, because we did the interviews in the record library, and say, what do you think about this record? Now, when I started doing interviews in person, I couldn't bring the CITR record library to them, or could I? So I would pick, like, one record to bring to them, and that's how it all started. Is it true that your your radio show was one minute long when it started? When I started out, Kevin Smith was a program director of CITR. And I said, can I please do a show? And he said, no. I said, let's make it really short. So it was pretty short. So I, it originally was 3.30 till 4, but I think it might have been 3 to 3.45. I don't think it ever was a minute, but I said, I'll keep it really, really, really short. <laughs> okay. All right. I guess that's one of the myths that get out there about Nardwar that I think you, you inspire something about you inspires myths. The thing is, you could have uncovered something that I have forgotten, <laughs> Kevin. Give yourself some credit. Maybe I've forgotten. Maybe I only did 
a one-minute show. Who's to say I'm the authority on me? Who's to say that? Nardwar, you know what? You're you're clipping a little bit. Is it possible to turn down your output on your computer? I, I guess I could move away from it. Check, 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 check. I think that's good. And you're listening to Canada Land, an interview with me, Nardwar, the human serviette. Occasionally, a bit of a disclaimer here, there might be some clips in this interview. That's But that really shows the true, raw example that, hey, if Nardwar can do it, so can you. Mr. Kretchen, if you were, say, 40 years younger, that you too would be writing punk songs and protesting against APEC? But for me, uh, in a democracy, people protest. I, I've been protested a few times in my lifetime. I did that myself too when I was a student. Do you think, though, that mace equals freedom? Some of the protesters were maced. What do you say? Some of the protesters were maced. Does mace equal freedom? Would you would you have been maced yourself back then, Prime Minister Kretchen? But but I don't know what you mean by that. A mace, pepper spray, some other members. Oh, but of the I media don't know. This technique did not exist in those days. <laughs> For me, pepper, I put it on my plate. <laughs> Next. So the Jean Chrétien thing was it? Was that your first moment in the spotlight? Well, it was actually cover of the Vancouver Sun newspaper when I had a chance to speak to Pierre Elliott Trudeau. I was curious because I heard an interview once on a college radio station that Margaret said you had actually banned rock and roll music from 24 Sussex and the only way for her to listen to it was like to sit outside on the porch listening with like headphones. <laughs> well, the porch was part of 24 Sussex too. <laughs> and Pierre Elliott Trudeau was saying, oh, well, the Sunday is part of the house too. Bah, boom. Like he answered that. And actually a lot of people came up to me afterwards like, oh my God, he talked about Margaret because this is 1993. He hasn't talked about Margaret in years. So that was totally amazing. But again, that was fed to me by Nadine Jelano, and that was 1993. And Gorbachev also was 1993. All the political figures that Dr. Gorbachev has encountered, who has the largest pants? Thank you very much. We'd like to call up now the Rockin'. Where did the pants question come from? Why did you want to know about uh, who had the biggest pants? Well, my friend Mirko knew a bit of Russian and gave me Keep on Rockin' in the Free World, the translation, which is Dershne Rockin' Usla Bodli Svet. And I was actually at a pizza place about five minutes before the press conference with Mikhail Gorbachev, and my friend Beppe from CITR suggested I ask him about pants. So thank you, Beppe. What happened after that? Was the, the RCMP got involved? Not at all, because I had a total... A proper accreditation like I was allowed to be there however other members of the media kind of like oh my god we don't want him ever going to another press conference ever again and a week later I was in the Clinton Yeltsin summit but I was kicked out of that again not by the RSMP by other members of the media that were afraid I would cause a massive disturbance. What do you mean that other media got you kicked out? Did they tell the security to get rid of you? Did they just kind of shout you out of it? Like, what do you mean? Exactly. They just pointed to security and said, that guy's going to cause problems. So get rid of him. And so when the APEC happened in 1997, I was scared that those same reporters, even though it was a few years later, would recognize me. So I shaved my head, I wore a tie, and I looked like a complete junior reporter. So I got away with asking a question. And then all these reporters that probably wanted me kicked out ended up using the quote that I helped generate for me, Pepper. I put it on my plate in their story. And of course, they didn't credit me. I didn't mind because in general, it was really kind of like assholic for those cops to like spray the protesters with pepper spray. But that's what happened. All those people that thought it was an idiot ended up using my story. So I've been speaking to some other people, asking them, trying to get some stories to ask you about. 
And everyone without prompting brings up, are you doing this in character or not? It seems to be a preoccupation that people have. What do you think about that? Well, when I'm on TV or on the radio, I get excited. I, I sweat. I'm exci- I'm always scared. I'm always scared. I think in general, I'm always scared. Like if somebody saw me at the supermarket buying tomatoes, I would be like scared. Like I'm in general, I am like scared. And I think that's kind of what drives me to go on. Because if you aren't scared, why the hell are you doing it? You should quit right away. Once you know everything, you should quit. So I think for me, it's kind of like just getting the opportunity to be on the air or just to be alive. I'm excited. You know, before this interview, Narbar, I really had to pee. That's my thing when I get when I get when I get nervous. I really have to go pee all the time. Exactly the same thing with me. And the minute you start the interview, you still have to go pee. <laughs> Boom. Right? Yeah. I don't because I'm so nervous. I don't have to go to the washroom because nothing else is important. That's why I'm going to make sure that the quality quotient I deliver to Canada land is acceptable. Okay, I want to play you a clip from your Nirvana interview. Hello, Kurt. Hello. Fuck you! Isn't it? Uh, and we're backstage here, right? It have to be that way. Do you, do you admire, um, what's his name, Geraldo Rivera? You sound surprised to be there. Were you surprised? Exactly. I was totally surprised because, remember, at that time, Nirvana were kind of like the biggest band in the world. And sadly, Kurt would commit suicide like three months later. I had like blown the opportunity to speak to Nirvana years before. I had talked to Chris Novoselic on the phone. Now, how do you get paid when you're a rock star? Does Geffen mail you a check weekly or daily? Oh, uh, you just have your manager like screw money out of him. Who's you the- know, my dinner's ready. Um, I, what's your name? I'm not- I had talked to Courtney Love. Mm-hmm. Kurt's wife. Go get the guy from the ups, the promoter guy to get rid of Nardwar. What, what exactly? Courtney. Quick, Kristen, go do it quick because you know what? I'm going to beat the fuck out of him really soon. <laughs> but I had not talked to Nirvana. So I decided I'm going to try for them. And the night before I'd been at the gig, I'd actually seen Kurt Cobain. He actually said no interviews. Why was I backstage? I was interviewing the band, the Butthole Surfers. So I talked to Kurt. He said, no interviews are available. I said to Kurt Cobain, okay, no problem. But can you give this tape of an interview I did with your wife, Courtney Love, to Courtney? He said, sure. And I was like, okay, over. Kurt said no. Courtney wasn't there. Maybe Kurt passed on the tape, but that's it. I'll try. The most important thing is to try. But my friend Hugh phoned me up the next day and said, you are an idiot. What are you doing today? Well, nothing. Well, then let's try to get another interview with Nirvana. Kurt said, no, let's try again. So I went down to the Four Seasons in Vancouver. I saw Dave Grohl in the elevator. Dave said, oh, I'll put you on the guest list for tonight. I was like, all right. So I went to the gig. And as soon as I got to the door and I said, I'm on the guest list, the guest list people said to me, no, Nardwar, you're not on the guest list. You'll never be on the guest list. And get the hell out here right at that moment. Courtney Love walked in the wrong door with Kurt Cobain. They walked in the media entrance and she said, come with me. And the people at the door were like, you can't take Nardwar. And Courtney was like, that's my cousin Nardwar. (laughs) And so next thing you know, I was backstage. So the clip you played, I was like, I could believe that suddenly after two days and trying so hard, I had a chance to speak Kurt Cobain. What's really kind of interesting is like, Courtney said, hey, yeah, we listened to that tape of the interview last night. You have to learn how to edit better. Courtney Love was criticizing my edit skills in front of Kurt Cobain. I thought that was amazing. Why do you, you you like to run things unedited, it seems like. Why is that? Unedited in what respect? Not run edited, but pretty pretty raw. Like there there aren't cuts in between. You know, we do an interview, we kind of cut it down, take out 20, 30% of it. It looks like for most of your videos or your your radio shows, it's kind of like the interview starts and it just keeps, there are no cuts. It just rolls till it's done. I do 
sometimes take out like ha and ooh, ah, but I love the fact that I kind of like get signs from people. I think for CITR radio and college radio in general, mm-hmm. you're always on alert. If it gets boring, it's time to wrap up. A lot of people would phone in to me and say, hey, this is boring, time to wrap up. So even when I'm doing an interview, when there's no phones around, I'm like, okay, it's time to end, it's time to end, it's time to end. Right. So in other words, I think of it being live. I think there's a guy watching right now saying, it's boring, it's boring. <laughs> people a lot of times would phone in. Like, actually, when I played that interview with Kurt Cobain on CITR, I didn't get one phone call. Now we play the interview like that, we get tons. That's why it's so amazing to speak to kids nowadays. It's like, I say, when I did an interview with Kurt Cobain, I got zero callers. And you complained that you only got two likes in her Facebook interview, <laughs> some new media people. It's like, that's two more likes than I got for Kurt Cobain. We are blessed to be in this era now when I'm on CITR radio and I can tweet that, hey, I'm live on the air. I am blessed, Kevin, that you can actually take that clip and play it back to me. It used to be I would have to like mail on real to real tape all the Nard clips to people. I would have like press to vinyl for people to hear that. But you can hear that now. Hello, Catalan! Hello, Nardwar. So when I think of the structure of your interviews that's been built up over the years, you know, you always start with who are you and you have the the, the, the gifts and the ba-boom and all of it and the, you know, doot doot loot doots. Why is it that you kind of stick to that? You've been sticking to that same uh, structure for all these years. It's the way I do interviews. If there's something new, I will incorporate it. If you notice, I always say, keep on rocking in the free world. And of course, that's from Neil Young's Keep on Rocking in the Free World, which was popular at the time I was doing interviews. Do, do, loo, do. Do, do. Do, do. You know why I do that at the end of the interviews, don't you? Uh, I, you know what that's some... from, Kevin? I know it came from hockey games. Exactly. Yeah. To end the interview, to be polite. Because when I listened to a lot of talk radio, they would just hang up on the caller. So I'd give a chance for the caller who called into my show at CITR to end the interview. So do, do, loot, do. Do, do. And then now we can move on. A lot of times people don't understand that. When I interviewed Ross Ragliati, do you remember him, Ross Ragliati? The, the snowboarder who got uh, was yes. it the guy the guy who got what, what, what they found marijuana in his blood or something. He did a blood test and was that the guy? You know everything. Like for instance, Kevin, you know about Wildman Fisher. I love Wildman Fisher. So Ross was totally down. I did an interview with him. He was like promoting his CD that he was curating, and like Wildman Fisher, you know, I really respected what he did. And at the end of the interview, I went to Ross Rabagliati, do do loot do. Do do. And hopefully, yeah, he went do do. Keep on rocking the free world, Ross Rabagliati, and do 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 loot do. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Ross, do 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 loot do. Do do. The next day, I got a phone call from a publicist saying, I want you to recall that interview right now. I was like, <laughs> Why? He's like, you made my client sing a song. You made my client sing a song. I was like, I want do the loot do. Do do. Yeah, Kevin, you're supposed to go do do. Ah. He, unfortunately, <laughs> I guess the media training did not allow uh, the do do. So he went through all the training, but did not allow that. So that's why I was mentioning, like, maybe some media training people should understand do do. As it turned out. I did that interview for the Seattle Weekly, yeah. and the editor of the Seattle Weekly said to me, you know what, because the record label complained, we're not going to withdraw that story. We're going to pay you double. <laughs> so I got $50. Oh. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> what year was that? Double was $50? 1999. Huh. And a baboon came from when I interviewed the comedian and also the musician Harvey Sid Fisher, known for the amazing astrology song. And he would tell jokes and I would go baboon. And that's how that arise. So everything I have done has been done before. There is a reason for it. I, Nordware the Human Serviette, I'm just there to inspire people. Like if I can do it, Anybody can do it. Anybody can become a member of CITR Radio. I'm just happy to be alive. 
like in 1999, I had a brain hemorrhage. In 2015, I had a PFO closure, a minor stroke. I'm just happy to have a heartbeat to get out there and do stuff. What is the difference between a brain hemorrhage and a stroke? In 1999, I was all prepared to interview Courtney Love at Edgefest in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And a couple days later, I was going to put on a gig with my band, The Evaporators, and Bratmobile, the legendary Riot Girl band. Uh And so we were practicing the night before the gig, and my hands started to jerk, and I had an actual seizure because, unfortunately, blood had uh, drained from a blood vessel and caused me to have a seizure. So I was rushed to the hospital. Mm. And at the hospital, I remember them asking me, do you bang head? And I thought they were saying, like, are you a headbanger? But did you bang your head? I was like, no, I don't bang head. I'm into punk rock. Actually, we're playing tomorrow night. We're playing tomorrow night. And I remember my mom arrived at the hospital. And as she arrived at the hospital, somebody threw an egg at her car. Just out of the blue, somebody threw an egg at her car. And I think the egg symbolizes kind of like my brain exploding. When they finally diagnosed me, they said, you had an aneurysm. In other words, a blood vessel that was there since birth kind of exploded and it caused you to have a seizure. We'll do an MRI to see why. And when they did the MRI, it was cloudy. And the doctor said, well, it's cloudy. We don't know what to do. We don't see anything. Come back in 10 years and get an MRI. So I came back in 10 years and got an MRI and they said, yes, there is an exploded blood vessel. We see that. You seem to be doing okay. There's no need for surgery. Dismiss. And I was like, Whew. And then a couple of years went on. I arrived at the Mint Records Christmas party. And as I arrived at the Mint Records Christmas party, was at the Astoria pub on the downtown east side. I suddenly felt dizzy and I was rushed to the hospital. They thought I was a complete drunk because a lot of Drunk people kind of frequent the Astoria. There was a hole in my heart. I had a minor stroke, and that's the reason why I had had a minor stroke, because there was a hole in my heart. It wasn't related to the blood vessel popping. So I was like, oh, thank you. And they were the doctor was like, hey, Dr. Wood, we'll seal you up. We have an appointment on January 22nd. Do you want to go for it? I was like, hell yeah, I have nothing to lose. And they sealed me up with a day operation, and that's it. Uh So I'm happy to be alive. Barbara, I think we have to talk about how you went from being all about Northwest punk to being this rap correspondent. Did it start with Snoop Dogg? Well, actually, I will interview anybody. But with Snoop Dogg, yes, I love the fact that he loved history and also he sampled a lot of history and he knew about like dolomite all this historic things red fox etc like for instance i recently talked to tyler the creator and i presented him with a record that he sampled do you know the record think pink by twink i do not know that one He's like a British artist, now residing in Calgary. An amazing, an amazing 60s artist. Play some of the pretty things, um, mm. the fairies, exactly. He did a solo album, and Tyler freaked out at this 1960s garage psychedelic nugget. I couldn't believe the reaction. Hey, Tyler, it's me, Nardwar. I have a gift for you, finally. One more gift. This. What is it? It is Twink. Oh, yeah, Flip boyfriend. Yeah, I'm Nardwar. That is what's so incredible about a lot of the rappers today. They sample obscure 60s, sometimes garage stuff. Vince Staples samples Bobby Taylor and the Vancouver's featuring Tommy Chong on guitar. He samples that. So it's almost like they're sampling garage punk. So garage punk never left i love the sonics i love the whalers i love the kingsmen mm-hmm. but all these bands now are like sampling 
related bands. It's incredible. Even the Black Lips are sampling like obscure bands as well as covering them. Do you find that you get a warmer reception from rap guys than from rock guys? It seems like a lot of these a lot of these confrontations happen with you know uh, Beck and Sonic Youth and Blur and Skid Row. I don't see that much from the rappers. Well, in general, I'm just trying to have fun. I just like having fun. A lot of the people that you mentioned were part of the major label system, or at least they had signed to major labels, so they had publicists, right? So the publicist would say to them, hey, you've got an interview this guy coming up. He's crazy. He's wacky. He's going to be mean. Be wary. So they would be really on guard. Now imagine telling that same thing to like a rapper. Hey, the guy coming up, he's really scary. You have to be on guard. A lot of times the rappers are like, are you kidding? That wimp is going to be scary. So they realize that it's all like like a sham anyways. I'm just having fun. So that's why a lot of the interviews have gone better because when people kind of see me, they're like, the hell is this guy? Whereas other times, a lot of the rock and rollers are just believing the publicist. Right. But you also go around publicists now, don't you? Like, I heard that you, you booked Drake through a Twitter DM. Well, for a lot of people, I approach them through Twitter. But when I get the interview, I have to get them to tell their manager that I'm legit. Like, for instance, I did an interview with Billy Eilish a couple of years ago. Can you please explain In Love Psych? Um, the little thing I made when I was like nine. What the? F- okay, so uh, I used to make movies when I was really little. And I noticed she followed me on Twitter, but I said, okay, Billy, great. Uh, thank you for wanting to do an interview at South by Southwest, but can you tell your manager that I'm legit? So I still have total problems regarding that. People may say, oh, no problem, we'll do the interview, but the, I still have to convince the manager. Oh, weird. And it means nothing to the manager. The manager is like, keep away from this guy. That still goes on? To this day. I, I'm curious because it does seem like since the Pharrell interview, that seemed to be a bit of a turning point. Well, he is such a nice fellow. Not only after the interview went very well, did he comply with my demand. I said, you think you can get me an interview with Jay-Z? And he did. Yeah. And then Pharrell, years later, a couple years later, actually it was five years later, hired me for his company. Can you imagine that, Kevin? You were doing interviews. Here's Kevin from Canada Land, doing an interview with Nardwar, the human serviette. And five years later, I hire you, Kevin, for the Nardwar company, and I pay you good money, some cheddar, some good YouTube money. Because YouTube had given Pharrell money to create a YouTube channel, and Pharrell remembered me. Not only did he get me Jay-Z, an amazing interview, he got me cheddar! <laughs> Do you still make good money off YouTube? I am nowhere near where I want to be on YouTube. Nowhere near. Like those makeup bloggers, they're kicking my ass. I still have much work to do. Much work to do. You got your, so your Odd Future video, do you know how many views that has? I think probably around 5.5 million, 5 to 6 million. Yeah, it's over 6 million now. That's, is that, that's too low for you? Well, that's amazing. I'm honored that people care. But there is another video on YouTube, possibly like my most viewed video, but it's not on my channel. It's like 10 million views. It's like Nardwar uh, and rappers. Like you can Google that. So that's pretty amazing. Like people can like take my material, Mm -hmm. repackage it and get all these views. I'm just happy when I wake up in the morning with a heartbeat. Hooray! (laughs) I'm alive! So to me, just to actually get the material out there is important. So although every interview may not get millions of views or even hundreds of thousands of views, it is there for history. Hopefully, YouTube's servers and Canada Land servers don't get fried. You know what? So your friend Leora was in here the other day, and she was looking around at our office. It's not a big office. We're not a huge company, but we've got about 10 employees. And she was saying, I don't know why Nardware doesn't do something like this. How come there's not a Nardware Studios? Oh, well, I was once told, if you want to get involved in the porn industry, you have to move to California. If you want to get involved in the media, you got to move so-and-so. But I am here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And I think that's probably why there are 10 people in the Canada Land office. You are the ground zero for where it all happens. 
Toronto, you mean? Exactly. But you're on the internet. What's the difference? What's amazing about living in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada is, is when Lady Gaga came to town in 2008, I got an interview as well as the high school newspaper. It was just me and the high school newspaper. I, of course, went after the high school newspaper. Oh my God. What can you tell the people about this particular fellow, Lady Gaga? <laughs> oh my God, this is so cool. Where did you get this? In Toronto, the lineup for Lady Gaga probably will go down around the block. So it's yeah. great being in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. I'm curious, like when you dig really, really deep and you find someone's favorite record or what sleepwear they wear on a plane or what extracurricular activities they liked in, in, in school, I think some people are blown away and some people are kind of like, why do you care? You know, like, like Henry Rollins says to you, like, why are you asking me about the stuff that happened 13 years ago? So like, that's what I'm wondering. Like, why do you care about these little minuscule details about people's lives? Well, the interesting thing about Henry Rollins is now all he does is talk about retro stuff. Like he loves bands from the past and he also loves current bands as well. I think at that time, 1998, talking to a lot of these older punk rockers like Henry Rollins, they didn't want to reflect something from like 10 years ago. It was kind of like kind of recent. So now they're more open to that. But I love the little details that are actually out there of that when we're discussing stuff to bring forward. And I think most people know about those details. However, they are too lazy to find them or to mention them. They don't think it's really important. They think it's important to ask about the next album, how they are doing, etc. And they don't realize that the little details, etc., are really important. They kind of like last the test of time. And I think it's especially noticeable now when everything is documented. All interviews are documented. So you listen to an interview that somebody did, say, like five years ago, and you're like, I'm getting no information out of this. This is like totally useless. So it's fun to put in a little tidbits of information to throw it out there. Some some people, so some of the people I talked to kind of talked about the idea that you like to have a lot of control over the interviews. Early days, you missed, you didn't necessarily want to go work with a network or give up control or things like that. So I'm wondering, are, are you a control freak, Nardware? Well, who exactly did you talk to? <laughs> I think Chris Nelson mentioned that a little bit. Uh, Steve Pratt. Some people who who had only nice things to say about you, but said that you have a vision and you like to stick to it. So I'm just kind of curious how the, what you think about that. Well, Chris and Steve Pratt helped me put together a couple demos that we sent to MTV that we also sent to Much Music. Yeah. So I've always been trying to expand what I am actually doing. I've always sent out um, letters and demo tapes. In fact, I have like a couple rejection letters. One actually from the David Letterman show where I sent them a tape and they were turned the tape to me. And that was like totally crushing. Like they didn't even take the tape for like parties to show <laughs> their friends or whatever. So I've always been trying to get out there and trying to do stuff. I've been happy at CITR Radio. I'm still volunteering and doing my show after 33 years. And I love doing the show. And I love CITR Radio because it gives everybody a chance to do what they want to do. But I've never had the opportunity to be able to, you know, like in the past, it was like, oh, be part of MTV. I, want, I always wanted to show on much music. And actually, Chris mm -hmm. and Steve tried really hard to get me to have a show on much music. What was it like kind of going from CITR, where you kind of have free reign to do whatever you want, to working with a team at Much Music, where there's this very, you know, strict format, you know, these three-minute videos with, uh, you know, the clips spliced in? Like, what was it like kind of moving from total independence to, to working within a structure like that? Well, I was only ever a freelancer. I wanted to be hired to be fired. I wanted to be hired to be fired, <laughs> but I never was. I was only a freelancer. So I would send them the tapes and I would send my notes and they would do their thing. There was nothing that I could do. I was like a freelancer. And a lot of times when I did interviews, I would have the unedited version on CITR radio as well. And I was happy to do the interviews too. Just think about this for a second, Kevin. In the early days of doing my interviews, 
the only people that would see or hear my interviews would be like Vancouver. But remember, the broadcast signal of CITR was not that great. Like it would go in and out. You would get it, but it was hard to get. So it was only like Vancouver. And then when I started doing a bit of video, I started like mailing out VHS tapes. Actually, for my radio show, a lot of times I would press the interviews that I did on vinyl. So for you, Kevin, to hear my interview, you would have to hear the actual record or I have to send you a VHS tape. So when much music that I'd actually been approaching probably for like at least 10 years or more said that I could contribute, it was amazing. So I have yeah. all the thanks in the world for Denise Dolan for actually – responding to my email and giving me a chance to expose Canada to what I've been doing. This is mind-blowing. So I've been trying for years to get the word out there. And I am still to this day trying to go out there and get the next interview. I know I'm still trying to get Paul McCartney. I'm still trying to get out there. So to me, it's amazing the opportunities that the internet has provided and present it to get your work out there. Do you see yourself doing this in another 30 years? I see myself at a care home talking to the guy in a wheelchair beside me. <laughs> if I can hold the mic and I'm not shaking or whatever and getting his life story. That's what my mom did. Her show was called Our Pioneers and Neighbors. And she would just talk to the person on the street. I see myself doing that. And those people have amazing stories, amazing connections. I will continue this onwards and onwards. Narbar, I want to play one more song for you. The Pharaohs! The Pharaohs! My favorite Martian from Victoria. Yes, the Pharaohs from Victoria. The Pharaohs. The Pharaohs. No, good, oh, good the, guess. Neil Young, Neil Young. Yes. Neil Young, Aurora back to the Sultan. Yes. That's the right. The, the squire, Aurora by the Squires. Yes. What, what is the significance of that song in your life? Well, I always say keep on rocking. In the free world. And do do loo do. Do do. Yes, I have tried for years to talk to Neil Young. He's turned me down at every opportunity. I did get a photo with him once, and you can check it out on Nardwar.com. But that record that you heard is possibly the rarest and most expensive Canadian collectible out there. Aurora backs the Sultan on V Records out of Winnipeg. Neil Young has occasionally played that in concert, and I would love to ask him more about his band the squires unfortunately i have never got an opportunity to and i've almost given up on neil young you should never give up but i am almost given up but i will never give up on neil young he's got a new album have you tried have you tried this press circuit thank you kevin for inspiring me to try to talk to neil young again i will try Actually, I have an email all set up that I email every year over and over again. I'll even change it just to see if you do an interview with me. Nardwar, keep on rocking in the free world. Thank you very much, Kevin. Keep on rocking in the free world and do do loo do. Do do. Canterland! <laughs> That is your Canada Land. I hope you enjoyed it. And I want you to know that it has never been easier to support it. And it's never been easier to get ad-free versions of this show. You can do it right now in under two minutes if you go to the episode notes or if you go to canadalandshow.com slash join. And you can use Apple Pay or Google Pay and bloop, it just puts a gold premium version of this podcast. It subscribes you automatically right on your podcasting app. Go do it. It's five bucks Canadian a month. You can email me about the show at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I read everything that you send. We are on Twitter at Canadaland. Our website is canadalandshow.com, where you will find an article version of our oral history of Nardwar for your files. This episode is produced by Kevin Sexton. 
with our senior producer, Kasia Mihailovich and Jordan Cornish. Our managing editor is Kevin Sexton. Syndication is handled by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at cfuv.ca and doot 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 Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com join. And thank you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman, found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's gonna get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.